This is the Jocko Underground Podcast. It's number 46. Echo Charles is here with me. I got something for you to kick this off today. I want to talk to you about something. Mm. A little quote. The quote is, there are no solutions, only trade-offs. You try to get the best trade-off you can get, that's all you can hope for. That is a quote from Thomas Sowell, famous economist. He's written, he's written like 89 bucks or something. I'm actually just ordering them all. Because that, that guy, the points he makes are phenomenal. Uh, the, first, the, the book that I kind of, is one of my favorite books, it's called Basic Economics. Uh, we, I've raised it at certain points on the podcast. Haven't ever covered the thing in full. But anyways, Thomas Sowell, if you don't know who he is, go look him up, he's freaking awesome. But there's no solutions, only trade-offs. And, and this is certainly a good, it's a good way of thinking that a lot of people don't really a lot of people don't really understand it, right? You gotta recognize that you're not always gonna get what you want. You're only gonna get some of what you want. And even to get some of what you want, you're gonna have to give up something else. That's the way it works. And people don't want to admit that. And when I heard this from Thomas Sowell, the first time I heard it, I didn't hear it from Thomas Sowell at all. I was, I was trying to buy my first house and I was looking at various properties, you know, I had the real estate agent, you know, giving me the looks, showing me, and I was being kind of finicky. You know, like, well, I don't know about that. And finally, my real estate agent, who got frustrated with me, because probably because probably I shut down a couple deals where I was like, eh, yeah, not really. Finally, my real estate agent says, um, every house is gonna have advantages and disadvantages. Every house. Every single house that you want. It's gonna have a big yard, but it's gonna be a small house. Or it's gonna be a small house, but it's gonna have a big yard. Or it's gonna have a low price, but it needs work. Or it's gonna be in good shape, but it's gonna have a high price. Or it's gonna have a bad layout that's flexible. Or it's gonna have a good layout, but there's not much flexibility to it. Or it's gonna have, hey, a bunch of privacy, but it's hard to get to. Or it's gonna be easy to get to, but you don't have a lot of privacy. So the list goes on and on. And and a lot of times it's just the price versus whatever. You know, like, oh, you can live in this neighborhood, but it costs more. Or yeah. you can have a bigger house, but it costs more. Sometimes that's the, that's the, that's the variable. Mm-hmm. But here's why I wanted to bring this up. It's real obvious, but sometimes we fail to recognize what the trade-offs are and that we can actually parse them out and figure out what part of the deal you want to keep? What, what is actually important to you? So that you can keep the things that you care about and you can let go of the things that you don't really care about. So when you're putting a deal together, you gotta think about this. But here's the thing. This is the important part. This is your life too. Right? This is actually your life too. You don't get to do everything you want to do. You don't. Nobody does. You don't get to spend time with your family and focus on work and focus on training and focus on learning and focus on relaxing and learning a new skill. You don't get to focus on everything. It doesn't work that way. We have to pay attention to it though. And fundamentally what it boils down to is you need to prioritize and execute. But with the time that you have in your life that you want to focus, you got to weigh out and parse out what's actually really important to you so you can get the best, let's say the best deal out of life. You have to, you have to understand what's on the table. You gotta understand what's on the table. And I think that's what the mistake people, people don't even know what's on the table. They don't, they don't pay attention to what's on the table. Like they don't pay attention to what the trade-offs are. They don't pay attention to what they care about and what they don't care about. And sometimes they care about something that somebody else cares about and they're thinking that now that's important. Or they just see what's real obvious and they just grab whatever they can without thinking about what they're gonna leave on the table. You know, you're gonna, you can only fit so much in your hands and some of it's gonna left, get left behind. So you gotta think about that. You gotta pay attention to that. Because if you're not paying attention to it, you're gonna leave some things on the table and you're gonna look up and you won't be able to hold anything else. So 
pay attention. Probably a good situation to detach, take a step back. How do you do that? Write down what's on the table. Actually write it down, that's how you detach from it. You write it down, you make a list of what's on the table, you make a list of what's at stake, you make a list of what the trade-offs are, and then you prioritize that list to make sure that the trade-offs, because there's no solution. There's no perfect solution. You're only gonna get trade-offs, so pay attention so that you're trading off the right things so you can keep as much of what you want as you can and you can let go of the things that you don't care about. Little life advice from Thomas Sowell. Mm. Woody, I remember a long time ago I did this interview with this, um, it was like a, a magazine. What, you got interviewed? Yeah. Check, check and, it. <laughs> and it was like, and they're talking about work, work balance mm-hmm. or work life balance. Life work balance. Work, yeah, like how do you do? And maybe the guy thought I was more busy than I really was, but but, <laughs> Chuck. but but I do I but that did make me think though it made me think like wait a second yeah like I do kind of like I don't stress like oh I'm not paying enough attention to this or that or that mm-hmm. but the, and so and my answer ended up being I only care like about four things really. Like, I don't care about, like, my fashion or, you know, how, like, some people you can see they care about. <laughs> yeah, and I'm yeah, not, yeah. not knocking fashion. No, I'm no, just saying. But some people don't care about it, myself yeah, included. Care, yeah, exactly right. And I wouldn't even say I don't care about it. I'm saying I, I care very little very about little. it. I'm not yeah. over here, like, staying up at night stressing about I need to spend more time on my fashion. <laughs> but um, but there's, like, four things I cared about. And it was, like, you know, my family, my work, like, like health and fitness, and then, like, jujitsu or something. Mm-hmm. That's kind of it, really, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> a good list right there homie. right i mean what else is there really yeah, yeah, i mean yeah, yeah. so anyway my question is like do you like what do you care about you think like what's your i mean it's the same stuff but here's the thing you, you, you're not gonna get you can't get you can't give a hundred percent to your family can't yeah and you can't give a hundred percent to your work you can't right. and you can't give a hundred percent to your health and fitness you can't yeah and you can't give a hundred percent to jujitsu yeah you can only give you only have a hundred percent yeah so you got to be careful yeah. And and pay attention to what you're going to leave on the table. Yeah. That's what you got to do. That's yeah. the way it is. You're only going to get trade-offs, not a solution. It doesn't exist. Yeah, so really, by its own nature, you, you essentially, if, if you can cut that down, the more you cut that down, the better off you're going to be. The less if, things you you need. Yeah, like yeah, you, sure. you know, less less moving parts or whatever. Less parts taking, yeah. you know, taking away from the other. But when you think about it, and especially if you take this this element Mm-hmm. This element of life, seriously. Which element? This like the trade. It's always a trade off. Yep. You know. Got it. Man, you could, you could trim away a lot of BS in your life. Definitely man. do that, because you're probably spending time doing stuff that literally you actually. Not only is it stuff that you don't really care about, it's stuff that you actually know is bad, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, stuff that you legitimately know is not beneficial to you. It's not helping your family. It's not helping your work. It's not helping your jujitsu. It's not helping your health and fitness. Mm-hmm. There you are doing it. Yeah. You're trading it off. It's 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 a bad move. Yeah. So that's another good point. You got to pay attention not to just the things you want, but what are you investing in that you don't even want at all? Yeah. And you're investing into it. I know, bro. That's sad. Yeah, and that's a big price too, right? Because you know how the whole thing, I mean, this is kind of a... It's not a cliche because it's so 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 true. Where you you probably spend some money on the on the BS stuff for sure you do, but you spend time on it. Like you, you know the kind you, where well, you're. Well, well, here's the thing though. What is money? Oh, it, it is time. Yeah, you traded your time for some money at some point. Now you're just using that money to spend somewhere else yeah yeah time is the ultimate thing right yeah the ultimate. that every money all the money that you have you you had to invest time into yeah huh. Whew, that's weird i huh? mean which is another good reason why you want to set your life up so that you so that your your money is coming in when it doesn't take a bunch of time investment that's the goal right yeah that's the goal that's what you want to get toward but you have to invest a lot of time up front to get to a point where you don't have to invest time continuously in order to get an income from it. Yeah. So what's your list you'd say? I would, I, I would say knowing you, obviously your family, for working at it for in the freaking morning or yeah. whatever you do. Yeah. It's the same, it's probably the same. Yeah. Work, right? All the work. different work, all these different businesses. Mm-hmm. 
you know, family, obviously, health, obviously, jujitsu, obviously, and then it's just like, oh, guitar, you know, surfing, yeah, all that good stuff, so. Yeah, yeah. You know, and for me, the lopsided, back in the day, it was just lopsided, because it was just teams. Yeah, yeah. The teams were massive. Yeah. And everything else combined kind of like equaled the teams. Yeah, and see, and that's a good point too, where, because in that moment, in that, at that point in your life or whatever, it's kind of like that kind of was who you are, were whatever. Yep. Especially, and you weren't, you weren't married, right? You I got was. married. I got married. Yeah. But there was time you in the teams, and yes, you were not was married. A time like okay, that. so you're just hundred percent Navy SEAL. Hundred. Yeah, yeah. No work life balance. Just. But I'll tell you, it, we, even when I got married, yeah. it was a, <laughs> it was still a large percentage. Yeah. Luckily, my wife was awesome. Yeah. You know, and she kind of knew what she was getting into. I told her what she was getting into on our way to get married. Yep. Right? Hey, listen, you're uh, being a being a being a seal is not just what I do; it's who I am, and it's not going to change. <laughs> now she had to. I still had another what fifteen years before I retired, and mm-hmm. I actually said, "Okay, you're now number one." You know, look, you're not number one, but also you got to remember strategically. Of yeah. course, your family's number one, yeah. but. Come on, you're in the teams, bro. Like, wait, like, I mean, that's just. Wait, you got married in 95? No, 97. 97. That's so crazy. You know how you think back of like where you were on certain dates where were and you? stuff like that? I was at UH playing bro. football. I had blonde hair. I remember that. Chat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, Chat. you make a good point. It's good, it's good to get reminded of this kind of stuff. Because, yeah. man, I'll tell you what it is. And I said this before where you can even know about this kind of stuff. You can even know like, hey, I only have four values in life straight yeah. up. Everything else is like BS. You, you can know that it. and then you just get distracted. Yep. And then you're it's freaking on thing, some BS. Man. It's a horrible thing. Yeah, man, you got to watch out for that. Got to pay attention to that. Pay attention. All right, let's get to some Q&A. All right, first question. I have two close friends with whom I've been best friends with since childhood. Because we've been friends for so long, we've grown to act in unison in on a lot of things but lately within the past two years or so i've taken a lot of personal steps to get myself in line with the path and advance my health and career i've taken on more responsibility and try to get better i've been weaning off some of the poorer habits we've traditionally always taken part in recreational drugs frequently late night eating more routine sleep schedule each time i don't i don't participate in these activities as the group it's met with heavy friction and resistance that makes me feel guilty and leaves them feeling like I'm judging them or that I'm better than them to the point that it's putting strain on the relationship and my ability to carry out my responsibilities. Check. Um, Well, here's what's going on. You're growing up. You're growing up. You're moving on. It's going to happen. And and they're going to either grow with you or you will outgrow them. That That's what's going to happen. And it doesn't mean that you become their enemy. It doesn't mean that you don't like them. I have friends like that. They're still my friends. And and you know what? I don't look down on I don't like look down on them. I, maybe outgrow is the wrong word because that means it implies that I'm growing up and growing better. But you're growing away from them, Right. They're focused on the things that you are not focused on now. It's just the conversation that we just had, right? Echo's focused on health and I'm focused on booze. Eventually, we're not hanging out a bunch, Mm. you know? I'm focused on chasing girls and Echo's focused on training. Eventually, we're not hanging out a bunch. Mm. Um, I'm focused on, you know, partying and Echo's focused on jujitsu, like, you, you see where I'm going with this, and and so we're gonna we're gonna this is what I should have said we're gonna grow apart, yeah, right? Because I don't want to make it seem like oh I'm better than them. Because hey, pe- some people that's what they want to do. That's okay. Uh, you can still stay friends with them. What you know? What can you do to try and move them down the path? I mean, you can invite them to jujitsu. You can invite them to work out. Do something other than eat and drink, right? <laughs> if they want to go party and you say hey cool let's go for a run beforehand and maybe do some pull-ups you know yep. or maybe hey yeah I'll, let's go out tonight but tomorrow morning you know we're doing jujitsu at you know at, at eight 
Well, whatever, nine. Most people do jiu-jitsu a little later <laughs> in the day. Even eight o'clock is like a little a little early. Mm-hmm. But um, especially on the weekends. Yeah. But the distance that you drift apart will probably increase over time unless they decide they are gonna start closing the distance. And 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 that's okay. So that's part of it. Now, when you get this heavy friction activity and the resistance, right? There are going to be people that don't want you to win. And that's just the sad truth of it. That's the sad, horrible truth of it. Booker T. Washington, if you don't know who that was, he was uh, born into slavery. He was freed after the Civil War. Civil War and he, he's the guy that is kind of credited with the, with the crabs in a bucket story. Mm-hmm. of saying, hey, we got some people that are trying to get out of the bucket. They're trying to get, you know, trying to move up in the world. And you get a, a, a bucket full with crabs, and as one crab starts getting towards the top where he's gonna get freedom, mm-hmm. the other crabs grab him by the leg and drag him back down. That's Booker T. Washington said that. And that is a sad statement about crabs and an even sadder statement about human beings. Mm-hmm. And I've told the story before, but when Stoner wanted to go to Princeton mm-hmm. and he decided he was gonna put in a package where he started to ask people about it, and people were like, you shouldn't do that. Mm-hmm. It's gonna hurt your career. Like, oh, it's gonna hurt my career <laughs> to have a degree in foreign policy from Princeton? Yeah. There, That's not a good career move? What are you, yeah. an idiot? But people were biased against him. Mm-hmm. People, wa- people wanted to drag him back down to the bucket. Yeah. They didn't want him to have any leg up. I was like, dude, go, 100%. Yeah. I told him that's the punk card he's gonna have on me, right? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I'll be able to beat you in all like various yeah. punk cards, right? Yeah. I'd be like, oh, jujitsu, cool, I got your punk card. Yeah. Oh, uh, you know, team's been in longer than you, punk yeah. card. What, you know, whatever. Yeah, and then yeah, we were yeah. laughing, I was like, then you're gonna be like, oh, what's up, Ivy League, <laughs> right? Yeah. I said, you're, you're gonna have my punk card on that one. Yeah. Cool, and I was happy. Yeah, that's a stoked. That's even. a testament to you, though, in your maturity, security, whatever. Because you're like kind of proud of someone for having not even your kind of completely stoked for yeah. anyone that I know to like start kicking ass and getting out of the bucket. Yeah. So um, that's what's gonna happen, dude. You're 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 gonna grow apart. The way that you try and get them to come with you is just by is just by sort of inviting them, you know, keep showing them the path, keep saying, hey, I'll be doing this tomorrow. Hey, come, let's go for a run. Hey, you know, just just try, you know, and don't impose on them. Don't start treating them. It doesn't help to start talking down to people. Like, that doesn't help. Keep building a relationship with them, but you also are doing the right thing in your life. So you're probably gonna end up meeting some new friends and, and carrying on, but this is a reality of life. Don't let the crabs pull you down. Yeah, there's a, you know, that saying that they say, what do they say? That you're something about the people you hang out with. You're the sum of the people oh, yeah. you hang the around. Five you know, the five yeah, people, yeah, yeah. yeah. Pretty bro, accurate. Bro, it's kind of true. Yeah. Right, even, and, you know, obviously five, okay, maybe four, maybe, I don't know. It depends how many people you hang out with, how often, <laughs> yeah, you know, kind of true. a thing. But I get it, though. It's, it, bro, it's so true. Because it's kind of like, hey, yeah, you know, when you're a little kid or not a kid, but like a teenager, whatever, it's like you and your friends, you kind of all do the same stuff. I mean, unless you're into like, which is kind of rare, I guess, but like if you're into different things, like Mm. let's say you play football and then you also, I don't know, play piano or something like this. You know, those are two different things, but you know two different groups of people have have the same interests of two different groups of people. But usually that's rare, right? Like you're going to hang out with your friends, you know. I'll tell you where I got kind of lucky growing up is I had a bunch of wild, wildly different types of friends. Oh, yeah. Super rich friends. Super poor friends, you know, friends that were heading to jail and friends that were heading to Harvard. I I literally had all those friends, huh. and I got really lucky with that because and and I would go and spend time with rich friends in amazing places, and then I would go to horrible places where people were shooting up heroin and be like, "Hey, this is all part of the gig, man. Yeah. This is all part of the gig." And I got very lucky in that respect, I feel. Yeah, and you kind of get exposed to different things, yeah, where it's like, 
you know, like if you if you do a certain type of thing all your life, where you're on this certain kind of path, and then these other like paths that you aren't exposed to, they they're outside of your comfort zone in this way. Mm-hmm. So it's like you don't naturally gravitate towards them, or you don't naturally like they don't fit into your comfort zone. So you yeah. you don't necessarily avoid them, but you don't on your path you don't walk into those areas. You, you know what's interesting is just because we're having this conversation, what's interesting is with any of those groups of people that I knew, I didn't I didn't look down at any of them. I just looked at them all as kind of equal. And, and when I say that, because not just, oh, the, the this guy's on drugs, I look down on him, but there's also people that say, oh, this is some rich kid with a silver spoon, and they kind of look down on that. You, you can look down on anybody, right? You can pick faults with anybody. You can, you can pick anyone apart. And for whatever reason, and I'm not really 100% sure why, I always thought like, hey, that's the experience that they're having, or that's their world. And I just wanted to kind of try and understand it. Hmm. I didn't. I didn't look down on them because of it. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Uh, too. You know, occasionally I would look at like someone that was a junkie and just be pretty. I think I would be more, uh, more or less sad about it. Yeah. You know, because they're gonna die, yeah. and that sucks. <laughs> yeah, it sucks. and you wonder. You try and learn. Okay, why are they doing this? Yeah. Why is this happening? Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously, well, then again, no, you said one of your friends was into drugs, right? One of your oh, best I, friends or something like that. I had, I definitely had, I definitely had friends that were into drugs for sure. Yeah. But I worked with a guy that was like kind of a little bit of a mentor, you know, kind of showing me the ropes, right? right? Yeah. He was doing heroin. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. I, want, I, I my guess is he's not alive. <laughs> I mean, my guess is he's not alive anymore. I mean, he, yeah. he was just out of prison. I was working construction, you know, so he was probably 10, 15 years older than me. You know, mm-hmm. he, actually, he might have been more than that. Yeah, he's probably 30, mm-hmm. right? But he was doing heroin. Mm. And man, you know, like, scary thing to watch. Total yeah. control, but that kind of total control by a drug, right? Yeah. Just can't stop doing it. Yeah. And it, it it's very scary. And I think that, Seeing that kind of thing definitely steered me in the other direction. Hmm. Yeah. But it's not like you just hung around him all the time. No. Like nowadays, no. you know, like, I mean, who do you hang around with now? Really, like, consistently. Just, just my family. Yeah. And probably probably me, really. That's why you're so relaxed nowadays. Yeah, yeah. Because you hang out with me. Yeah, for sure. But no, just, I mean, you. it's like you, um, yeah, my family, maybe like. Yeah, some jujitsu guys or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, I think you obviously more than anything because we're talking all the time. You yeah. know, um, I found myself just incidentally, just by incident, <laughs> just kind of like <laughs> just, just doing your shit. You <laughs> <know>? <laughs> but that's how that makes sure. sense, and it's just you. You know, so yeah. imagine if like you know back you know when you're younger. I've I think noticed I'm doing a lot of curls lately. <laughs> But it makes sense, though, you know, especially, you know, when you're younger, before you have a family, hang out with your friends. And if you have a group of friends, it's like, bro, you guys are going to kind of be like each other, you know, and there's going to be a little spectrum in there, but it makes sense. So, yeah, this guy, if he's if he's trying to he's trying to, like, improve or whatever. And then the crabs in the bucket thing, that's a real thing. So, man, it might even be about kind of like keeping your eye out for like. More different people, you know, for sure. See what up? Maybe make some friends at the on the mats of justice. Make some friends at the gym, you know. Like let's let's hang around with some people, so we get yeah. the five people that will yeah. reflect <laughs> what we want. There you go. Yeah, true. That's what's happening, man. It's true. Next question. Next question. Hello, I have a very dear. Oh, sorry. Hello, gents. I'm a co- college student living in an apartment with one other roommate. We push each other to eat healthy and go to the gym. I've been consistent at the gym and cooking relatively healthy meals, but I always have the urge to eat sweets. I tell myself it's not worth it, but I always end up <laughs> eating it anyway. <laughs> My body composition is not, is not bad, but there's extra fat I can certainly get rid of if I cut out sweets and desserts completely. I'm trying to get into better shape because I hope to join some sort of law enforcement job when I graduate and possibly National Guard. Are there any strategies you can help me with? Awesome. Yeah. Uh, don't keep this stuff in the house. That, that's, that's really it. Yeah. it. And let me give you a little, uh, a little. It's a, it's a reminder. I'm more organized now. Sorry. 
It's a reminder of what? Not to turn off your silencer <laughs> phone. <laughs> so check it out. Uh, don't keep these things around, right? And here's a story that represents that so clear. Mm-hmm. So in my house, this is probably like 10 years ago, in my, I had, a, I had a, an RV, right? Mm-hmm. I don't have my RV anymore. I got a smaller RV. Anyways, I used to have a bigger RV. And I would keep it plugged in, you know, and you could go out there and kind of chill. If like there was wildness going on in the house, I had to go work. I would go into my RV and just sit there and work. It's like a little man cave. Little man cave, yeah, right? Yeah, and for whatever reason, I forget what the reason was, we, we had mint chocolate chip ice cream <laughs> and it was up in the RV. I forget the reason. Yeah, I forget the reason it was up right? in the RV. Uh-huh. No, because normally it would just be in my house, right? Sure. Okay, I understand. You see what I'm saying? Yes, so for did, whatever reason, maybe I maybe I went up there. You know, sometimes also I'd try and give my like, let's say I'd give my wife space. Sure. You know, my wife would have friends over to yeah, watch yeah. TV or something. And I'd go up the RV and like work. Right. Right. Uh, there was like some shows that they would watch. I forget. You know, remember this <laughs> thing? Like people would watch these shows yeah, or whatever. The shows. Man. So I would go up to the RV and work. Small yeah. house, and whatnot. So, anyways. We had the mint chocolate chip ice cream, and I had probably I took it up there one night to like have a bowl, put it in the freezer, <laughs> right? Hell yeah. Three day or two days later, I'm sit, get done with dinner, maybe sitting there talking to my wife, and I get kind of. This is pre milk, like we didn't have milk wasn't a thing yet, <laughs> yes. so I think, man, you know, I just had a good steak. Yeah. I'd really like some mint chocolate chip ice cream right now. Mm-hmm. And I was like, dude, it's all the way up in the RV, which is seriously about 15 or 20 yards away, right? <laughs> yeah. But you know, you got to kind of get up the path and yeah. then over to the right and the door's skinny and like. <laughs> yeah, it's a thing. And so of. 15 yards mm. of walking. And I was like, yeah, whatever. I'm yeah. just going to drink some water and go to bed. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, so the just friction. A, if you put a little bit of friction in there, it's going to help you so much to overcome that. They should make, we should patent, we should make like a snack thing where you can only get, it's like over on the other side of the house and it's maybe at the top of a pull-up bar or something. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, top of a ladder. Yeah, because people would just go, dude, it's such a pain to get over there. So that's number one. Don't keep these things around. Don't even keep them in, don't don't bring them to the house, right? Don't. Then have good alternatives, right? Have some milk, for real, why not? You have a milk, you'll, you'll solve that problem real quick. You know what I eat sometimes? It's pretty good to go. Carrots with salt. Hmm. I get that Himalayan salt. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah, I got that salt. And I sprinkle it on there like Salt Bay. You know that guy? <laughs> you know that guy I'm talking about? Yes, I do. Dude, I got a legit steak from that guy. <laughs> oh, yeah, I yeah. I was I in remember. Abu Dhabi, yeah. yeah, yeah. He, and I, I thought it was... I thought it was kind of fake, like it wasn't really him, but yeah. it was definitely him. Straight up him. Yeah, it was him. So he cut my steak and put salt on it like that way. Yeah, yeah, I do that yeah. with carrots. You know, it's just a good thing to snack on. Seeds, yeah. right? You can always yeah. chomp on seeds. You can If you have potato chips and seeds, they they give you the same equivalent satisfaction, yeah. or let's, let's be real here. They give you 90%, the seeds will give you 90% of the satisfaction that potato chips give you. Mm-hmm but they're freaking legitimately healthy for you. And then the last one, dark chocolate. And if you get dark chocolate, that's 80 plus percent official cacao, is that what it's called? I think so, yeah. You will only want like one or two squares. You won't want any more. You'll get satisfaction without getting, because what gets you in the, what gets you with regular chocolate is just it's sugar. Yeah. So you eat it and you're like, oh. And it gives you, you like the taste too. So you can get the taste, but there's no sugar, so you don't get the immediate follow on. Mm -hmm. So those are some things that you can do. I mean, I I think those are such incredible solutions. Look, can you say, oh, uh, every time I want something sweet, I'm gonna pay a price, I'm gonna do 50 burpees, right? And and then you're probably gonna not eat a lot of sweet because if you make that pact with your roommate where you're like, all right, dude, I'm only gonna eat a cookie if I do 50 burpees. Mm-hmm. You're probably just going to be, you know, you, when you really want a cookie, cookie, you'll do 50 burpees, actually be fine. Yeah. So maybe make a pact like that with your roommate, but just get this shit out of your house, man. That's what you need yeah. to do. And here's the mom on, man, it's discipline. It's just discipline, right? You're letting the will of a donut be stronger than the will of you. You know, that's yeah. what's happening. Don't let it happen. Get it out the house. Yeah, that it's weird how just a little bit of resistance. Oh, little bit. fifteen yards to my bro, freaking RV. I'm with you. Like and we had that skinny door. You know what I'm saying? Like an <laughs> RV has like a skinny door and a weird yeah. step. Yeah, it's kind yeah, of a yeah. high step to get in there. That's like a mental 
thing. Oh, like yeah. a cycle under like the skinny door. Like, oh, yeah, well, yeah. the other thing too, and I, I don't know if this also weighs into it. When it comes to food, I'm super don't care. And so my family always jokes, if it was just me, I'm legitimately just eating like 10 chicken every day. <laughs> Or like, you yeah. know, just, just pieces of ham, yeah, yeah. you know? I'm not cooking anything, I'm not <laughs> marinating anything, I'm not preparing anything, yeah. I'm just gonna eat what is there. Yeah. That's why I love milk. It's like, milk tastes good, yeah, yeah. I can mix it up in 30 seconds, we're good to go. Yeah, yeah. man, we have this um, <clears throat> this back refrigerator, mm-hmm. it's in the back of the house, mm-hmm. towards the garage. And if you go in there, and I don't even know, cause bro, I don't go back there, freaking mm-hmm. why, it's pain in the ass going back yeah. there, it's not. It's just down the hall. Yeah, but just yeah. like how you said, it's like, bro, why, why am I gonna go back there? Like, I don't even, I don't even think about it. But every once in a while, when I'll be going somewhere else, and then I'll like, I'm looking for something. I'm like, shit, we're out of, I don't know, milk. Maybe there's some extra in the back fridge. I go in there and I see all the treats in there. There's like boatloads of treats <laughs> in there, <laughs> but I don't even know because I don't, bro. It's just too out of the way. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just too much of a yeah. pain in the ass to go. Yeah. It's like that. Physically, it's not a pain in the ass. In fact, I probably walk past that room all the time. Mm-hmm. But mentally, just like how you said, it's not like right in front of you, yeah. you know? So yeah. it's like, ah, it's not even worth it just most put a of little the time. Fr- put some friction in there. Put some friction that's the on Yeah, That's a, actually officially, like, if you ask, like, psychologists and stuff, that's, like, one of the main ones. Just yeah. don't have it in the house. Like, bro, you don't even, some, sometimes they say, bro, don't even, don't even restrict yourself. Just don't have it in the house. You can have cookies. You can have all the cookies you, what you want. You but just got to go to the store and get them. You have to go to the store and buy the ones that you're going to eat, and that's it. No leftovers, no nothing. And it's like just that little yeah. be- behavior change or I would whatever. never eat a cookie again. <laughs> not going to the store. I <laughs> so won't so even no, go to I won't so even go to I like never I I would rather just sit there in my house and just drink water than have to go to the store. Check. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, very next question. Right. <clears throat> Hello. I have a very dear friend who is like a brother to me. And we've known each other off and on since high school. We're both now in our late 40s. He has significant experiences overseas as an army ranger and has shared with me that he still bears psychological burdens from that time. I have no military experience and I struggle with how to connect with him over this, especially when I see him suffering and so want to be of some help. It seems difficult or perhaps not allowed for him to talk much about his experiences. Any advice for being a good friend in this situation would be very much appreciated. Um, <clears throat> well, well, first of all, I would say be normal. As odd as that might sound, right? Be normal. Be a normal friend, right? Talk about normal stuff. You know, I talk about normal things like what are you guys friends for because you went to high school together and now you whatever you have both have kids or you both you know go to the same gym talk about normal stuff man and that's kind of nice and if he wants and if he starts talking about some you know war activities cool listen right on yeah hey man that sounds terrible or wow that sounds like rough 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 deal man i can't, can't imagine what that was like um, yeah, but thanks for telling me. It's good to know what you've been through, that kind of thing. Um, do some cool stuff together, right? Do cool stuff together. Jiu-jitsu, go for a run, go for a workout, volunteer to help out some other vets, go on a hike, go camping, like go do cool stuff and build a good relationship. And, I, you know, I, 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 Get nervous about people thinking that some because someone's been at war that they're all psychologically scarred. They have psychological scars, right? War's gonna give you some psychological burdens, just like you said. You're gonna have bad memories. You're gonna have some bad dreams. And that has happened in World War One, World War Two, Korea, Vietnam, Iraq, Afghanistan. And you know what happened in all those wars? All, all, most of those guys that went to all those wars came home and they carried on. That's what happens with most people that go to war. They go to war, they come home, and they carry on. And I'm talking about vets that have been severely wounded. Jim Sersley, who we had on, this, on, on Jocko Podcast, who lost both of his legs and his arm. He came home, he went to rehab, figured out how to use his wheelchair, 
figured out how to do his things that he needed to figure out how to do. And then he went after nine months and went and went to college, started a real estate business, started a roofing company, did a bunch of stuff. That's what most people do. Now, might might they cry at the national anthem sometimes? Yep, they might, I do. Might they drip with sweat or wake up in a, in a completely drenched in sweat when they're sleeping at night? Yep, they might sometimes. Might they miss their friends that they lost? Yep, they might. Might they have survivor's guilt? Yep, they, they might. But all that, all those things are not abnormal. They're not abnormal. They're normal. This isn't some weird system malfunction that, that we need to freak out about. That we, meaning you don't need to freak out about your friend because, hey, you see your friend getting teared up during the national anthem. Yeah, guess what? The flag means a lot to him. Or on a certain day, your friend seems a little bit down. Well, that's the day that his friend died. That's normal. That happens to me. You know, I, I had that guy, Lieutenant Colonel, or Colonel Tom Fife on the podcast. I was talking to him about the guys that he was in World War II, Korea, and Vietnam, and he got a Purple Heart and all those wars. And I started talking to him about his casualties in his battalion in Vietnam, and he started getting choked up 55 or 60 years later. Does this mean that he's got some, no, you know, he can't carry on? No, it's normal. You miss your friends. Bad things happened. You wish you did some things different. It's not a it's not a systems malfunction. It's not a systems failure. It's just part of going to war. And if you're, you know, you can turn it into something like that if that's all you focus on as a friend. If you just keep saying, "Hey, I, I noticed that you're you seem down today. I can't imagine what you've been through. I can't imagine so horrible." If that's what you focus on, that's what he's going to focus on. Next thing you know, you're focused on the negative. You know? So I think that most people, it's normal. I think there's some, occasionally a f- small number of veterans that are trapped in a downward spiral. That does happen. The downward spiral will involve alcohol, it involves depression, it'll involve drugs. It'll involve um, you know, behaviors that are, are self-damaging or self-sabotaging. That does occasionally happen. But that's not, that's not the norm. The norm is, man, you think about your friends, you think about Mikey Monsoor on September 29th every year, and you get sad. I get sad. I think about Stoner. I think about Biggles, right? I think about my friends. Sometimes I'll see, you know, during the national anthem, when I, when I see the flag, do I get sometimes thinking about the soldiers and Marines that I served alongside that didn't come? Yes. And that's not going to go away. It's not going to go away. So I would say be a good friend. Be normal. He shouldn't dwell on this stuff. I don't dwell on this stuff. I don't, I don't sit there every minute of every day thinking about this stuff. Stoner wouldn't want me to do that. Mark Lee would not want me to do that. None of my friends would, that, that I've lost would want me to do that. They would want me to go and have a good time. They want me to go get after it. They would not want me to dwell on this stuff. I wouldn't want your friend to dwell on this stuff and I wouldn't want you to dwell on this stuff. So as, as vague as that definition of is be normal, I know that's a vague definition. And, and look, if he wants to share some of the stuff with you, cool, listen in. Listen to him. Ask him well, why, what makes you feel bad about it. And he, he might tell you, I could have done this differently. I should have made a different decision. I shouldn't have gone over there. I should have gone left instead of right. We all have those, we all have those thoughts. A thousand decisions. I could have made a thousand different decisions that would have changed the outcome of one moment, one millisecond in time. But I made the decisions I made. And I'll tell you about that. 
So, like I said, as long as as vague of a of a description as that is, be normal. That's my recommendation. Be normal. Be a good friend. Don't dwell in the past. That's what I got. Pretty straightforward. Yes, sir. <clears throat> oh, and by the way, if you see that he's in that small percentage of people that's falling apart and in a complete downward spiral, then try and get him help. Then talk to him about, hey, maybe you should go see someone. Maybe you should talk to a psychologist. Maybe you should get some counseling. Cool. Chances are, chances are he probably doesn't need that. Those are the chances. Chances are he probably doesn't need that. If you see the patterns of destruction, cool. Maybe you need to get some help, get him some help. But that's not that's not the norm. It's not. Check. Hello, Jocko Neck. Recently, Jocko stated his favorite land animal was the hyena, <laughs> but didn't give an explanation why. I think it would be very interesting to find that out. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Um... Well, I like dogs, and and it seems like hyenas are kind of the ultimate dogs. Even though I, I, I they're not actually related to dogs. They're not dogs at all. Mm. They're good hunters. Um, they can run thirty five miles an hour, but for an extended period of time, they can kill all kinds. Of, they can kill giraffes. They can kill cape buffalo. They can beat lions in fights if they work together, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Right, you don't think a hyena is just a scrapper? Maybe I think that's it. Maybe I like hyenas because they remind me of a little bit of me. Because they're not the fastest, they're not the strongest, they're kind of ugly. <laughs> you know what yes. I'm saying? Yes, I do. But like, don't mess with them because they got friends, and when they get together, they'll mess you up. They're smart. They actually, they actually rudiment. They they use rudimentary tools apparently. Sometimes, which is like very strange. Um, they apparently they can also kind of count. They can tell. They can count the males in a clan. They call the packs of hyenas clans, and and they count to see. They can say, okay, this one's got more males. Mm-hmm. I'm going in that one. A uh, thousand pound of pressure in their jaw, which is pretty legit, right? And they look badass. Have you ever seen in Africa when dudes keep them as pets? Have you ever seen those? No. Oh, bro, you got to just Google that. Google, you know, pet hyena in Africa, and mm. you'll get some. They when all the wars were going on, like in Liberia, this crazy genocidal, you know, crazy civil wars. There was the gangs of these African, you know, between the ages of twelve and twenty. Mm. These dudes that were just, just insane. I feel like I saw a video of, of something. Was there one like with a huge hyena or oh, something yeah. like that? Yeah, big oh, hyena okay. with a big giant chain around its neck, <laughs> just walking around, just posted up. <laughs> Hell yeah. Like sure. a big, big yeah. chain. Yeah, chain. So they look badass, and then they have that freaking crazy laugh, right? Mm-hmm. They have the laugh, and this also this whoop, this this weird crazy. Noises that they make, and I, I don't know. I think I guess like them because they're scrappy, man. Mm-hmm. Like they're like people don't people don't people go oh the majestic lion, right? Yeah. Or oh the graceful cheetah, Freaking leopard. Right, right. Oh the graceful leopard. Come on, bro. Yeah. Right, and and you know my favorite sea animal, what the octopus. Okay. You know why? Jujitsu. <laughs> sure. But also they're smart. Their brains are in their limbs. So yeah. their brains are actually, their brains go through their whole body kind of. Oh, yeah, that's crazy. And they can contort into all kinds of positions. They can fit, like a giant a giant octopus can fit through a hole the size of a quarter. Yeah, it's like. And it has to be that big because they have a beak. Yeah, yeah, the beak. Yeah, it's weird. I saw one um, go in a bottle yeah. before, and yeah. it's all just like, have, it was a video. Have cool. you ever seen one mimic a fish? They can make their shape like a fish and follow a school of fish. Oh, damn. Yeah, the sad thing about octopi I don't know if it's called octopi. I think, I think it weird. is. Well, the weird thing about them is their lifespan is super short. Yeah. They don't live long. Yeah. If they lived longer, maybe they'd be kind of taking over everything, you know? 
Yeah, well, <laughs> at least in the sea. <laughs> I, so, so that's my two know. things, man. Okay. In the ocean, we're talking about octopus, and in and on the land, I like the hyenas. Is it true that if a shark stops swimming, it dies? I've heard that, but you know, I'm no freaking. It doesn't sound right. Scientist, have you ever seen? A, I've seen a video of a of a sh- of an octopus killing a shark like in an aquarium. <laughs> Just grabbed them up, dude. Grappling. I know, bro. Freaking octopus is like. There's kind of, in a way, they, they feel real unpredictable. You know how like a fish and a have shark. Have you ever held one? Have you ever grabbed one? Yeah, like in the yeah, rocks? yeah. Yes. They, sm- they're small, all though. up on you. Yeah. yeah. Have you ever seen a video of a Japanese dude wrestling against one? Like yeah. in a Octopus? tank? Yeah. No. Yeah. They go look at like weird YouTube videos. <laughs> if you start looking at YouTube videos of octopus, eventually you're going to get to a Japanese dude wrestling one on a game show. <laughs> okay. but I, was, I was with Dean List back in the day. <laughs> We'd go over to Japan. Sometimes we went over there with Hoist Gracie. Like we we got we got to go to Japan a lot. And you you look. I don't speak Japanese, but you could watch their TV shows yeah. and just just wonder about humans <laughs> in general. <laughs> just wonder what is going on. Yep. Like if if aliens saw that, they would run from this planet. They'd be confused. They'd at be the very confused least. at the yeah. very least. Yes, sir. They'd be confused at the very least. But nonetheless, there is a game show where at some point. Holmes had to wrestle like a big octopus. I'm not talking about the little octopus that are side of your hand. I'm talking yeah, like yeah. an octopus. And that thing was on him. Octopus also escape their cages and stuff. They get out and move around, you know? Yeah. It's kind of wild. Yeah. Actually, now that you kind of describe it, it's like that is kind of true. Because like, yeah, like fish, they'll swim around and you're like, all right. I mean, sure, they can change direction fast. Good. Congratulations. Mm-hmm. But the, the octopus, let's face it, bro. That it's thing a is whole like, separate bro, entity. changing colors oh, it's a and turning into entity. rocks. Yeah. Bro, it's weird, bro. It's a separate superior entity, yeah, it right? Is. It's it, superior. It's weird that it ha- it's not just f- the ocean just not filled with them, right? Yeah. But the problem is their lifespan's weak. Yeah, they die fast. Yeah. yeah. I wish they would just reproduce and we're everywhere. <laughs> That like would, when you went out, you, you were happy? with them. Yeah, yeah man. Until <laughs> they grab your surfboard. Until they freaking sprain ink all over your mm. stuff. Yeah. yeah. So check. There you go. There's my reasons. I don't know if they make any sense. Bruh, the, bruh, the leopard. You know that video I made of you when you had your black eye when you're talking about the taste of blood or yeah, whatever? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that final shot of the leopard just sneaking up on that alligator, yeah. just straight up eating him. Bro. Yeah. Leopard plus the leopard looks cool. The leopard looks like see that see that's what attracts a lot of people to some animals. But yeah. let's face it, the hyena, he's ugly, dude. Yes. He's a, he's he's a savage, bro. Yeah, the the hyena. Then again, this could be just the the what do you call it? the influence of popular media because you know how you watch the Lion King and all mm. that stuff. Where the hyenas are kind of like scavengers, you know, yeah, and they're kind of like that's low level. Like yeah, yeah. I've never watched the Lion King to be honest with you. Oh, yeah. All them kids movies, like I. My kids would be watching them, and I would allegedly be watching them, but I'd be, like, working or sleeping or doing something else. Have you ever heard of Encanto? No. I think that's like That's the it. new jam right now. Ooh, okay. It's like a... You know how there's Moana, right? You know Moana? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Encanto is, like, the Still, newest I haven't seen one. Moana. Yeah, Moana's good, man. You know what I have seen is the... I've seen, like, The Incredibles. There's a couple of them that I've seen. School of Rock, best kids movie of all time, I think. I possibly. don't know if that's a kid's movie. Well, is it maybe a kid's it's, it is a kid's movie. Yeah, I never it, it seen is it, a kid's. So You've never be, seen School of Rock? Yeah, I'm talking about school. Epic. Yeah. It's epic. Jack Black. Yeah, Jack Black. Jables. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, check. Last question. <clears throat> I'm a father of four, all under six. Husband, full time worker, and if I'm not mistaken, the youngest of VFW commander in the states, if not Arizona. I'm having trouble dealing with the older generation and motivating them to get more involved in order to provide the city along with the combat veterans in the state the most resources possible. I consistently run into insecurity in the form of A-type personalities and laziness within the organization, and I've exhausted my mind when it comes to new ideas for the post. What are some ways that you've found that can reach the Vietnam and Desert Storm veterans and how can I use these methods to get them interested in helping make our city and state a great place to be? The question goes on to the next page. <laughs> I understand. I can only provide so many free meals in pool dart tournaments, pool slash dart tournaments, and it's already tough enough getting veterans my age to get involved as we all work. Any advice is appreciated. <sighs> 
he says uh, he offers me lifetime membership, which is cool. I appreciate it. He said you better be a member, otherwise lifetime memberships on me. No oh, right, gotcha. I, I, I can't. Re- I think I am a lifetime member. I'm pretty sure I'm a lifetime member of the VFW. What is VFW? Veteran of Foreign Wars. Uh-huh. But they used to have a VFW right in my little na- in my hood, right? Huh. Yeah. And so it was kind of cool, but then they shut it down. And um, I, but I think I might have been a lifetime member. What's the American Legion? It's, it's just another kind of similar kinda thing, similar. which I'm also a member of that. Oh, I'm a right member enough. of all kinds of what, these things. Yeah. So here, here's a couple things. So, so what would I do in this situation? Uh, I would think maybe about talking to these older veterans, interview these veterans, right? Like, hey, what did you do? How did you do it? Set up some historical documentation about their service. Let's get some photos. Let's get some citations. Let's get some news articles. Let's make this into, uh, let's make our VFW into like a a small museum Mm -hmm. for the people. And maybe every once in a while, you open it up and you say, all right, we're gonna do a display at the library in town about all the vets, we're gonna do Q&A, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you could, people are interested in that stuff. Yeah. So maybe you could do something like that. Uh, insecurities from A-type personalities, those are everywhere, actually. Including you. You gotta put your ego in check. You gotta massage their egos a little bit. Uh, start executing some of these new ideas. Right, start executing some of these things. I've been thinking about the VFW from the fact of, you know, what is the VFW? So Echo, just so you know, FYI, the VFW traditionally, yeah, pool and dart tournaments, but also like dollar drinks. Like you can get a beer for a dollar, you can get a mixed drink for a dollar, whatever, really cheap alcohol. (laughs) So it turns into, hey, we're just gonna go down to the VFW and get drunk, which is kind of what I used to do at the VFW. Yeah, I, I wouldn't go there all the time, but we'd like swing by there. Right, right. And, so what could you do? What, you know, could you put a little gym in there? Maybe you put a little gym in the VFW. Maybe you put some mats in the VFW. Maybe you put a, a shooting club together or a running club together. So, so you're doing something that is bringing vets together for a positive thing, not just bringing them together to, like you said, to play pool and darts. Wouldn't, wouldn't it be better to do something healthy, get really healthy? That might be, a good deal um, yeah I think I think that the VFW kind of I think it should evolve a little bit and unfortunately I mean if they would if my VFW in my local San Diego location would have had if they would have gone from just having a bar it was literally just a bar yeah. it was just like a bar mm. if it would have gone from being a bar to being uh, hey we put a gym in there hey we, we're gonna have um, you know, some educate. We're gonna we're gonna do some interviews with guys. They're gonna tell their stories. We're gonna, you know, hey, here's you know, twenty pictures of, you know, Staff Sergeant Bill, and where he's gonna talk about what these pictures are from. Mm-hmm. We're gonna hang them up, and we're gonna have a little video. You know, like that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. where people are feeling appreciated. Because one of the things with VFW, everyone's a veteran in there, mm-hmm. so they don't feel appreciated. They just feel like, hey, we're all veterans. We're all sitting in ourselves. Well, we don't we don't truly appreciate each other the way we should. Mm. What if we tried to do that? So I think turning it into some kind of a historical archive, and I think turning it into something that's more productive and more positive for the the people we got coming in there. Healthy stuff, healthy food, smoothies, you know. And and look, part of this is just me, right? I get it. Mm. I get it. You know, part of it's just me. But I think there's a lot of veterans that would love to have a little gym to work out in, right? Have You could probably get equipment donated, no problem. As long as you have enough room, you're out in Arizona. I mean, this isn't like, in San Diego, it's tight, you know, tight quarters everywhere because yeah. real estate's so expensive. Yeah. But you probably already own a couple buildings because the VFW's been around for a long time. So those are some things I think I would do and I think I think that could raise a lot of uh, hype inside your VFW. I know people. You know, I meet people from the podcast. I meet people all the time. They're super hyped on talking to veterans and hearing from veterans. Yeah. You know, if you did, if you got a bunch of Vietnam veterans in there, and you said, "Hey, 
open to the public on a Thursday night this month is going to be Staff Sergeant Bill Smith, and he's going to be talking about his experience at Quezon. Mm-hmm. Come on, dude. And they would they would want to share their stories, mm-hmm. in my opinion, most of them. <clears throat> this, I mean, kind of has something to do with this a little bit, but I always want, okay, so tell me this. Is it inappropriate to ask, like, you know, let's say your friend comes back from mm-hmm. Iraq, comes back from the war, saw mm-hmm. combat and stuff. Is it inappropriate to ask them, hey, did you kill somebody? Or like a, you know, like a Navy SEAL comes back and, and you, is it inappropriate to be like, hey, how many people did you kill? If you know the guy. How well do you know him? Um, like, you're not good friends. You know what I would do is I would them. ask it in an indirect manner. Right. Yeah. That way you're like, oh, what like what kind of operations were you doing over there? Yeah. And he, he might say just doing recons. Yeah. And you're like, OK, cool. He doesn't want to talk about this. Uh-huh. Or he might be like, oh, listen, we were doing mostly we were doing urban recons and the way we were setting, you know, and then all of a sudden you yeah. get in this thing and then you can ask him the next question. Like, well, did you see a lot of enemy? Mm. And he's like, maybe he says, yeah, sometimes and he doesn't want to talk about it. Or maybe he's like, oh, yeah, we're in the freaking hornet's nest. Oh. Boom! You know, did you get a lot of? You know, you can just. I, yeah. I wouldn't just go direct. Oh, yeah, my, yeah, yeah. Okay. So that's what I would do in that's those situations. That's what I was asking. Like, if you just go direct, but only because actually, I was thinking more back to the other question. You know, how you just be normal, right? You're yeah, saying just be yeah. normal, basically. And like, maybe that's good advice for the be normal question too. Like, oh, what kind of ops are you doing over there? Yeah. If it's like. I don't want to talk about it. Cool. We don't, we're not going to talk, talk about, about it. it. Yeah. You know? And kind of leave it at that kind yeah. of thing. And then maybe every couple months you're like, you know, say, did you ever do anything like that in Iraq? Or, hey, I was watching, you know, X movie last night. Mm. Did you ever do any operations like that in Iraq? Mm-hmm. Did you ever, did you use Humvees as your primary platform? No? Oh, what'd you use? Mm. And maybe it opens up. So I've had a lot of guys tell me, I've had a lot of, Young men tell me that the podcast got their dad talking about Nam. Oh, for yep. I've had dang. a lot of people tell me that mm. that the podcast got their dad talking about Nam, <laughs> and that's pretty awesome. Oh yeah, that's crazy. So I was asking. Um, actually, I won't say his name because I don't want to expose. But I was asking that question that I said, mm-hmm. like, is it like is it inappropriate to ask, like, did you kill anyone or how many people did you kill? Mm-hmm. That's what it was because I knew this guy killed some people mm-hmm. and he and he was like oh i don't care like yeah you can ask yeah, me yeah. and i'll tell you yeah but i didn't go deep into it because so he just said yeah i would tell you because i've known him for a long time or mm-hmm. whatever but then i i still didn't get the full answer like is it just generally inappropriate to do that or does it depend and how much and what does it depend on you know kind of thing yeah, yeah. so i guess if you know him they'll just say i don't want to talk about it or something yeah all those big ah not enough yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> because also too right like if you get a, a certain kind of person yeah the like it's kind of like bragging too right if it's a certain kind of person yeah but i think where it pisses people off is they think that oh you're just judging me on that uh, metric uh, you know and it's like you have no idea what you know let's say you say that to somebody that sat in a logistics platoon in the Marine Corps driving down IED streets for six months on a deployment, lost seven of their friends, and never shot their rifle. Yeah. And you're like, oh, did you kill anyone? No. And they're like, listen, motherfucker, you have no idea what I've done. Oh, like they think that maybe you you think, oh, you didn't really see them. You know, it's not as as like whatever, like legit or tough or something like that. Yeah, that makes sense, huh? Yeah. And, man, hearing like just all the stories of all the guys, you know, that that actually becomes really, really clear where there's, like, certain guys that have certain jobs and certain jobs are going to be more probability they're going to get in certain kind of situations and result in certain situations, you know? And it's, like, a big spectrum. Huge spectrum. All can be crazy. Check. All right. Well, hey, everybody, thanks for joining us. We appreciate that support. We appreciate it. Trying to get through these questions you sent us. We appreciate all the good questions. And I know that the questions, when we answer them, they don't just help that person. But they help us and they help everybody else. So thanks for sending the question. And uh, if you want to support us, well, you're already supporting us. So we appreciate it. Keep getting after it. Get that Jocko Fuel on. Get that originusa.com. And we're on the interwebs. We're hanging out. I went on Twitter a little bit because I was traveling. Yeah. 
I used to go on Twitter when I traveled a lot before COVID. Then once COVID hit, I was kind of like, well, got other stuff to do. That 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 went down. But travel's picking up a little bit. Been hammering on Twitter a little bit. Um, we're on Instagram too, and uh, Facebook. People, just gotta watch out for that algorithm. At Echo Charles at Jocko Willink. Anyways, seriously, thank you for supporting what we're doing on the underground. It helps us do everything we do so we can keep putting this stuff out for you regardless of who comes in and tries to, you know, shut us up. (laughs) Appreciate it. Until next time, this is Echo and Jocko out.